the local church podcast, a podcast devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples. We'll be your hosts. I'm Pastor Ryan. And I'm Noah Gartland. What's wrong with you people? To a local church podcast. I'm your host, Pastor Ryan. Hey, it looks like I am by myself yet again. If you want to email localchurchpodcast at gmail.com, send in your questions, comments, send all kinds of random facts, and we'll uh, go through them over here on the podcast. Today, we are in Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to read from verse 1. Through verse 5, Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come into his temple. And the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming, and who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and the and like fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver, and he will purify the sons of Levi and refine them like gold and silver, and they will bring offerings in righteousness to the Lord. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old and as in former years. Then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired worker in his wages, the widow and the fatherless, against those who thrust aside the sojourner and do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. The Lord is coming. Amen. Like, think about all the things that you go through throughout your day. And just remember that Jesus is going to return and he's going to make all things new, all the pain and hurt, even the good things that we see in life. All of these things are minuscule in the moment of Jesus's return. He's going to make all things new. He's going to conquer um, Satan and evil uh, beneath his feet and and the believers will be uh, witnesses to this. There's going to be a great host uh, of angels following him as he returns. It's going to be a glorious day. But we have to remember the context of Malachi. You see, the people of God, they have forgotten their covenant with God. They've forgotten that they're the people of God. The priests aren't even uh, doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the messenger Malachi, the prophet, the, the one who speaks um, through God, from God to God's people, is saying, hey, remember you are a covenant people. And he talks about the people and their offerings. He talks about the priests and how they're leading people astray. And here in chapter 3, the messenger reminds him, like, hey, there is one coming who's going to prepare the way for the Lord. The, the Where your delight is found, behold, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. 
And so this foreshadowing of the messenger to come is not only Malachi. It's not really talking about Malachi. It's talking about John the Baptist, as we see in the Gospels. He's a forerunner for Jesus. He's preparing the way for the return of the Lord. And the Lord of hosts, the Lord is coming. This is all throughout Scripture. We see that there is one in Genesis who is going to be between uh, the offspring of, of Adam and Eve, uh, mankind, and the serpent. He's going to crush the serpent's head. The serpent's going to strike his heel. We see in uh, the through the judges, uh, God raises up individuals to save uh, his people. Ultimately, they're not the ultimate savior. We see kings in the Old Testament. They're not even good kings uh, in light of Jesus. We see the prophets. They're, they're only used by God to, to speak the message of God, but they're not the true prophet. Jesus is going to return. If we would just, it would do us good to remember that Jesus is returning. Oftentimes we go through this life Monday through Friday, Saturday through Sunday, and Monday starts all over again. And we don't realize that there is a much bigger picture at play all around us. Jesus is going to return. The question is, do you know him? Do you follow him? Do you have any affection for Jesus? Are you pursuing him daily? Are you sharing the gospel daily? And so this book of Malachi, this chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, Malachi says to the people, hey, there's a messenger coming, but also the Lord of hosts is coming. There's two things we really see is one, that he is a blessing, and two, he's going to judge, right? The blessing is he's going to be a refiner's fire. He's making his people pure. He's going to refine them, right, uh, through ultimately his perfect life, his life that is uh, fulfills the law, a life that we cannot live as humans. We fail on a daily basis. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But there is one coming who can refine the sinner, those who place their faith and hope in the person and work of Jesus. That is the one who God declares righteous, not because of their work, not because of their merit, because of the, but because of the work and merit of his son, Jesus. He not only lives a life that you and I cannot live, he lives perfectly without sin. He goes to the cross to pay sin's debt the debt that we owe to a holy God. And he says, I will take it upon my shoulders. And he comes to serve and not be served. He goes to the cross and he holds back the just wrath of God. Jesus is coming. Jesus is returning. Do you know him? Have you placed your faith and hope in him? The one who lived perfectly, the one who atones for sin through his sacrifice on the cross. And not only does he die on a cross on our behalf, but he is risen again. He raises to new life, showing that God uh, conquers sin and death through his son, Jesus Christ. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Not only does he come to be a refiner's fire, but he also comes to judge. It says in verse 5, then I will draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift. The day of the Lord is glorious hope for those who've placed their faith in Jesus. The day of the Lord is also a time of 
a great reckoning, a great uh, mourning. Uh, the Bible says that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Even those who've lived their life on this earth without any thought to Jesus, without any inkling or or heart change to, to follow Christ, they will realize that he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords on the day of his return. And the Bible tells us very clearly that he's going to separate those who are his and those who are not his. Do you know Jesus? Do you long and, and yearn for his return? Do you share the message of Jesus? we got to transition now to a time of this day in history. If you know me, I am a New York Yankees fan from way back when, when I was a kid. Uh, it was passed down to me from my dad to, to, to now me uh, and now my kids, my daughter, my son, both like uh, the New York Yankees. But this day, September 21, 2008, the last game at historic Yankee Stadium, the house that Babe Ruth built is played today, September 21, 2008, right? Uh, in the finale, the New York Yankees beat the Baltimore Orioles 7-3 as future Hall of Famer Mariano Rivera closes the game out with a perfect ninth inning, right? Mariano Ano Rivera, he, his, he had like two pitches, like a fastball and the cutter, right? And man, he was awesome. If you liked sports, right, in general, you'll know the New York Yankees. Uh, the new stadium that they're playing in now is not the original. Um, and so in 2008, they tore down the old historic Yankee Stadium and built the new stadium. My wife and I have tried to get, uh, get tickets to, to go see the Yankees play in their uh, home stadium. We had tickets one year, and for some reason our schedule got you know haywire. I, I think there were some family things going on, and we weren't able to go uh, and, and utilize that. But we've seen them play in Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds, and wouldn't you know it, the only game that I've actually seen the Yankees play live, uh, they lost to the Cincinnati Reds. Ugh. And if this year, too, uh, 2022, they lost to the Reds, uh, and we got to watch that. Very heartbreaking. But, man, if you're following, Aaron Judge just hit his 60th home run, tying Babe Ruth. I think there's one more to go. Uh, Roger Maris's record, 61, uh, and Judge will have the record for most home runs in a season. Pretty sure he's going to get it. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's phenomenal. It's like watching a legend uh, play. Man, this day in history, look it up, September 21, 2008. If you don't have a church home, if you're listening to this, you might attend the church that we represent here at a local church podcast, Mount Moriah Baptist Church, centrally located between Shelby County, Spencer County, Anderson County. We meet on Wednesday, 6 o'clock for a meal. And then we split up into children, students, and adults. We've even added a woman's uh, group that meets at the same time. Uh, come join us, right? If you don't get out on Wednesday nights, join us on Sunday morning. We have life groups, smaller groups that meet at 10 o'clock. And then 11 o'clock, we have a combined worship. And then we come back in the evening at 5 o'clock. So we're out early enough to get everybody ready for school on Mondays. But we would love to have you join us. We are a community of faith. 
devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples who do the same. We are not a perfect church, but we serve a perfect God. We worship a perfect God. And we want you to be a part of that. We want to do everything we can to serve you. So if you don't have a local church, come join us. You can check us out online, mmbcky.org. I want to jump back to sports, uh, kind of, if you let me. The recent win by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? Tom Brady, the quarterback who is going to be at the top of the list for years to come. He retired and then he came out of retirement and he's playing again for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess the last game he broke a Microsoft pad, a smart pad, and it, I guess, made the news like, hey, he's emotional. He's going a little nuts on the sideline right now. And he he comments about this. And there's a lot of things going on with him. His, his wife, Giselle, uh, supermodel, she's made some comments about Tom Brady, you know, needing to be with the family, but he's also playing football. And so this is what he says about this moment, this overly emotional moment that he has on the sidelines. He says, I've got to be really mindful of that going forward and getting my emotions in a good place so it allows me to be a, the best player I can be. I think there's an importance where you can become too overly emotional, which I definitely think I was yesterday. Now, this was Sunday, right? Today's Wednesday. But I, you see an athlete like this who is known for sports. He's known to be this amazing quarterback. He played for the New England Patriots before. Lots of folks did not like the Patriots, did not like Tom Brady, did not like Coach Belichick. Now that he's in Tampa Bay, he's kind of like got this uh, Joe Montana air, like he's the underdog quarterback, even though he's like the greatest quarterback uh, around. And I think his emotions are getting the best of him because you see this dynamic of him finding his identity in sports as the best quarterback. But also you have his wife saying, I wish he was home. I wish he was present with our family. Men, if you're listening, ladies, if you're listening, this this is vitally important uh, as we go throughout life's, uh, life's life as believers, as followers of Christ. We cannot find our identity in our jobs. And if you try to do that, you're going to be emotional. You're going to find yourself wanting more and more and more and more. You will never be satisfied or fulfilled. Now, with that said, our identity as believers is found in Christ. In Christ alone do I find my identity, do I find my hope uh, and, and faith, right? It doesn't matter what position or what job I hold. I am first and foremost a follower of Christ who happens to be a quarterback in the NFL, right? I'm a I'm a, a follower of Christ who happens to be a public school teacher. I am a follower of Christ who happens to be fill in the blank. If we try to find our identity in something other than Christ, in something other than what God, who God made us to be, we're always going to be left wanting. We're going to be left uh, emotional. We're going to be left confused. We're going to be left always trying to find that something that satisfies us when there is only one who can give satisfaction to our thirst and hunger, and his name is Jesus. Tonight, as we go throughout our adult study, we're looking at 
being on mission or, or having a purpose in this life. And ultimately, a lot of folks try to find satisfaction, try to find their identity in a ton of things in this world. We see this in our culture today that my identity is found in my pronouns or my identity is found in my uh, gender identity. My identity is found in whatever. If that's the way you go, if that's the way you choose to walk, if that's if that's where you're trying to find your true identity, you will be left wanting. You will be disappointed uh, in the end. And then when you get to where you think you're going, you're always going to want more. You're always going to want like, well, is this it or is there something more? Yes, there is a lot more to this life and purpose, mission, identity, satisfaction, uh, rest. All of it is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. As I end this podcast, I want to remember some folks. I have a very good uh, dear friend and family who are walking through one of the deepest, darkest valleys that we go through in this life. And I want to kind of share a little bit of my heart. There are lots of folks in our community of faith that are going through similar situations. And then even there are some praises that are out there. All these things are heavy, even for pastors, for friends, for family members. When we go through these dark valleys, it is hard. It is a difficult road to walk, knowing that there is something more to come in the future, that one day when Christ returns, there is no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more sickness, no more pain. He makes all things new and he's going to make all things wonderful. But while we're on this earth, the earth itself is groaning and there's going to be moments where we have sorrow beyond sorrow beyond sorrow and we don't know how to get through it or how we're going to make it through the next day. And I want to say that I'm praying for you I'm, and the church praying for you. Don't give up and don't take your eyes off Jesus. Paul writes to the Corinthian church, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 16, he says, don't lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look into the things that are unseen or are seen, but to the things that are unseen. So we don't look at the things that we see. We look to the things that we can't see yet. He says, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. As we're walking through this valley of death, I will fear no evil for the Lord is with me. Look to Jesus, share Jesus, lean on Jesus, trust Jesus. That even though that we're going through something so heavy, we feel like we can't make it through the next day. Paul says these things are light compared to the eternal weight of glory. The, the weight of eternity. That one day Jesus will wipe away those tears. One day we'll see the bigger picture. Place your faith and hope in Jesus. The words of wisdom is this. That when you find yourselves in a deep, dark valley... Do not take your eyes off of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Love God, love people, make disciples.